You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a bootcamp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Hello, everyone. Happy December and welcome to the Course Report Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. And I'm Jess. And if you've tuned in before, you know that each month we round up all of the news about coding boot camps, everything that we talked about in the office, and we share it with you in this podcast. And this is arguably my favorite podcast episode of the year because it's the end of December, which means that not only are we going to talk about some news that happened in December in the boot camp world, but we're also going to look back at a very eventful 2020. We're going to highlight some trends that we noticed and we will make some predictions for 2021. So Liz, can you remind everyone of our predictions that we made last year for 2020? Yes. Well, it's almost laughable that we even made predictions about 2020 because truly, you know, who could have predicted this year? Last year, we predicted that in 2020, we would start to see more veterans taking advantage of vet tech and transitioning to tech. We also predicted that ISAs would continue to boom and would be backed by traditional banks or bought up in marketplaces. In fact, ISAs actually got a bit of a check this year since they rely on, you know, quick employment and the COVID economy kind of challenged that premise. And then finally, we predicted that we'd see university partnerships boom in 2020. And that certainly was the case. And, you know, I didn't make an actual like prediction about internal regulatory groups like CIRR or SEER, but I did say that we hope to see it grow in importance and membership in 2020. And we're going to come back to that and kind of talk about, you know, our predictions for 2021 as well. It seems like all those things actually did happen this past year, and we're going to dive into all of that, like Liz said. But before we look back at the news, what happened at Course Report this year, Liz? Well, first of all, we added 138 schools to our directory. Eight of those were, were added in December. And that's about 50 more schools than we added in 2019, which is pretty significant. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those, I think about 40 of those schools were university boot camps. So right there, we see that prediction already coming true. And just a note here, the biggest player in university boot camps continued to be Trilogy Education, but also Full Stack Academy, Springboard, Hacker U, and Quick Start all got in on the action and uh, you know launched new boot camps in partnerships with universities this year. And I know last year we talked about how important it would be for these university boot camps to apply the same rigorous outcomes expectations as we would a Flatiron School or a Hack Reactor. Um, So is there anything new there? Absolutely not. Um, And unfortunately, you know, I think that's a real mistake as we head into 2021 under this new Biden administration. But we will, you know, we'll get to that later. So Jess, what else happened at Course Report this year? So you, our readers and listeners, applied for over 600 scholarships on Course Report, and we gave away over $90,000 in exclusive Course Report scholarships. We also matched over 26,000 readers with coding boot camps in our matching tool on Course Report. 
And we published around 150 new articles on our blog, 15 new podcast episodes, including this one, and 26 YouTube videos. And our most popular video this year was this video that we did about how to get into seven boot camps. If you look at just the videos that we published in 2020, though, the most popular one was this video called Math for Data Science, where Kim Fessel from uh, Metis actually took us through all the math that you need to know before you apply to a data science boot camp. And then finally, we kept the bootcamp industry on its toes this year by publishing two major industry reports, our market sizing report, which found continued growth and a complete shift to online bootcamps, and then our alumni outcomes and demographics report, which we are just about to put live. Fantastic. So let's dive in and actually rewind to January 2020. How did the bootcamp industry start off in 2020? Well, 2020 kicked off with some big fundraisers. Wiley, which owns Software Guild, purchased London-based M3 for $129 million. And K12 acquired Galvanize for $165 million. Later in the year, K12 would actually change their name to Strive and would acquire Tech Elevator as well. Galvanize launched a partnership with the U.S. Air Force to train those on active duty, and Launch Academy officially partnered with Apprenti. And there was some regulatory news this January, too. We were kind of disappointed to see that Lambda School decided to pull out of CIRR in January. They said that they would be publishing their own outcomes reports, which they did do in April. But of course, under a rubric that makes it you know hard to compare apples to apples. During the relatively hands-off Trump administration, boot camps didn't face a ton of pressure to self-regulate, but of course, that will have to be a focus for boot camps in the next four years. For a behind-the-scenes look at how a state decided to regulate boot camps in 2020, you can still listen to that Texas public radio piece from January about how the Texas Workforce Commission regulates Texas coding boot camps. Essentially, if a coding boot camp isn't run by a university, then it falls under the TWC oversight. And since 2016, it has licensed coding schools, approved curriculum and new programs, and then also published student outcome data on jobs. It can also lay out corrective actions for schools breaking the rules. But if the boot camp is run by a university, i.e. Codebound and all of the trilogy programs, then they aren't regulated by anybody. The CEO of Austin Coding Academy weighed in for that article, um, highlighting how important it is for students to have access to real data across all schools. For those of us in the U.S., February was a bit of a calm before the COVID storm, and the boot camp space was buzzing with regulatory news. And that meant that there was plenty of news about ISAs, income share agreements, in February. The Verge dove into the potential high cost of ISAs, and Business Insider and New York Magazine both highlighted the new skepticism around Lambda School's job placement figures. And it was interesting to see the CEO of Lighthouse Labs, Josh Bortz, come to Lambda School's defense while still echoing the importance that the education industry innovate in a transparent way. Holberton School also ran into some trouble this February when the BPPE, which is the regulating body for post-secondary education in California, issued an emergency ruling that Holberton had to pause their boot camp in California. That pause kind of continued on through March. 
Flatiron School announced two important partnerships in February. First, a $1.3 million partnership with the Department of Small Business Services and the New York City Tech Talent Pipeline to train New York City residents for software engineering careers. And the second was a partnership with Cognizant U.S. Foundation to offer the Next Tech 100 Scholarship, which grants $1.2 million to students from high-need or underrepresented backgrounds. And courts reported that Etsy actually doubled its number of Black and Latinx employees by partnering with boot camps like Flatiron School and Vets Who Code in February. The American Workforce Policy Advisory Board launched a national ad campaign specifically promoting education alternatives like boot camps. And we were excited to see a hacker rank report this February that said 32% of hiring managers had hired a boot camper, and 72% of those managers believed that boot camp grads were equal to, if not better equipped for today's workforce than traditional CS grads. And the last cool thing we saw in February was that Europe's Wild Code School was officially accredited by the National Qualifications Authority with the approval of the Ministry of Labor and the Ministry of Education this February. And in March, COVID-19 officially altered the fate of education in 2020. We saw strict lockdowns on both coasts in the U.S. and the elimination of many in-person activities, including in-person learning at boot camps and universities. As we began to grapple with COVID-19 and the lockdowns, we saw early predictions start to roll in. So Ed Surge was curious about how coronavirus would impact the future of the tech industry and education, and they correctly predicted the rise of MOOCs like Udacity this year. And the New York Times pointed out that tech would probably be more resilient than other jobs in this sudden economic downturn, and how right they were, right, Jess? Yeah. Definitely. And despite COVID-19 dominating the news, there were still some positive things happening in the boot camp space. Lewagon closed a funding round of $19 million in March, and Microverse raised $3.2 million. And while those fundraisers are huge news in the bootcamp space, I think in March, we got our first trend alert, which was the swift move to online learning in bootcamps. So while universities were struggling to make those huge decisions like transitioning to remote learning, coding bootcamps made the switch really easily, and they kind of showed how important flexible education is during a time like this. A number of bootcamps were already online first, you know, you had your thinkfuls and your your Lambda schools, um, or they already had an online classroom. Schools like Flatiron School and General Assembly already had those solid online classrooms. And then other boot camps moved really quickly to remote classrooms, and they were using tools like Slack and Zoom and Sococo to do it. And to wrap up everything that happened in March, Holberton School appealed the BPPE's emergency decision to close their California campus. So they were again allowed to enroll new students in a modified and discounted program. As living in lockdown became the new reality, the boot camp industry began to respond, which meant we unfortunately saw some layoffs in April. That's right. So when lockdown first began this April, we saw a few boot camps like Lighthouse Labs, Lambda School, and Coding Dojo issue layoffs. Vancouver-based Red Academy closed its doors altogether, but that was actually one of the only schools that we saw close due to COVID. 
But we also saw the first shifts to a workforce development mindset. Boot camps really started thinking about their role in getting Americans back to work and retraining folks who were out of work due to COVID. And that shift towards workforce development would become a major trend this year. Yeah, the U.S. federal government issued the CARES Act, which injected the economy with new grant money for reskilling and upskilling programs, as well as the Payment Protection Program, or PPP, as I'm sure everyone knows, which was a loan program designed to incentivize small businesses like boot camps to keep their workers on payroll. A few boot camps actually took advantage of the U.S.'s PPP program, and that was including Kenzie Academy and boot camp adjacent companies like Black Girls Code, Girls Who Code, and Khan Academy. Well, April was just a tough month, but we were really so heartened to see that a bunch of boot camps launched scholarship programs against the backdrop of a very unpredictable economy. For example, Codesmith offered these $1,000 grants to their students to set up their homes for remote learning. Lighthouse Labs announced their COVID-19 scholarship fund of $500,000 for people whose jobs or studies had been impacted by COVID-19. And vSchool allotted a million dollars and scholarship funds for those who had been affected in their community relief scholarship fund. And that was just a few, and those continued throughout the year. Speaking personally, May 2020 is when I realized that we were in for a long-haul COVID-19 lockdown. We saw the bootcamp space really lean into the new challenges of teaching online and supporting those who were recently unemployed. Even with all of the sudden lockdown restrictions, much of the bootcamp world was actually already poised to make that quick shift into fully online classrooms, so we weren't really surprised to see that that transition happened so smoothly by May. Flatiron School, which was still a part of WeWork in May, announced a small round of layoffs, and even though Winco did receive PPP funding, co-founder Yuha Mikola shared the frustration some bootcamps like his were facing in securing those PPP loans. With the murder of George Floyd in late May, June exploded with protests for racial justice, and that sparked many boot camps to issue inclusivity statements and launch new diversity scholarships that were aimed at diversifying the tech pipeline. Codesmith announced a full tuition scholarship for 10 Black boot camp students in 2020, and Tech Elevator launched their $1 million Represent Tech scholarship program created to support underrepresented groups in tech. At Course Report, you know, we thought uh, really hard about what our lane was and how we could contribute. And we decided that we are of most use when we're helping to amplify the work that's going on in our world of coding boot camps. You know, so that meant not only scholarships and mentorship programs to get underrepresented folks into tech, but also exposing data around diversity in boot camps. And later in the year, we would start collecting data for our alumni outcomes and demographics survey, and Black and African-American students are still underrepresented in boot camps at just 5% of 2020 graduates. June is also Pride Month, and we were excited to add a few new scholarships to our LGBTQ plus boot camp scholarship roundup such as the Lesbians Who Tech Edie Windsor Coding Scholarship, which provides up to half of the coding bootcamp tuition at one of their 18 partner bootcamps. Um, their partner bootcamps include Codesmith, Springboard, Career Foundry, and Full Stack Academy, as well as many others. 
And we were also excited to see that 2U launched their $3 million scholarship fund for historically underrepresented candidates experiencing job loss or financial hardship. Okay, Jess, so I think that's trend number two, is that boot camps remained pretty committed to diversity in 2020 and backed that up with scholarships and mentorship. But we will expect to see that improve and continue in 2021. Okay, so moving into July, and July feels like forever ago, Jess. Doesn't it? Um, We continued to hear talk focused on reskilling this July. The New York Times argued that the pandemic had only accelerated demand for a more tech-skilled workforce and that public investment should be made to upskill workers. In other big news, Flatiron School officially cut ties with WeWork this July. WeWork bought Flatiron about three years ago and expanded from New York City to eight campuses around the world. But as WeWork started to divest from many of its assets, they sold Flatiron School to Carrot Capital Partners. Acquisition price was not disclosed, but if you remember, WeWork paid about $28 million to buy Flatiron School in 2017. And in TechCrunch, CEO Adam Enbar said that Flatiron School had seen 140% growth in graduates since 2018. So you can kind of do the math there. And with no end of the pandemic in sight this July, the GI Bill was expanded to include online boot camps, and that's a policy change that we're hoping sticks around post-COVID-19. Liz, there were a few big fundraisers for online boot camps this August. What did we see? This August, Lambda School raised $74 million in equity with the largest investment coming from GigaFund, which is the VC that invested in SpaceX. On a side note, Lambda School was also approved by California's BPPE in August. And Springboard received a $31 million investment led by Telstra Ventures. So the pandemic created a lot of uncertainty around whether higher education would go totally remote this fall, but a Simpson-Scarborough study found that 40% of incoming college freshmen were considering taking a gap year. Meanwhile, coding boot camps saw even more applicants since the pandemic began in March. Flatiron School reported seeing more applicants with previous coding experience, and General Assembly saw 30% year-on-year growth in its immersive courses in the second quarter of 2020. The online coding course edX saw 5 million new users to its platforms, which is more users than it added in the previous year. And we started conducting our annual market sizing report in August and found continued growth in 2020, but we did see a complete flip in in in-person versus online. So I'm sure that this comes as a surprise to absolutely nobody, but when we look at the number of graduates from boot camps in 2020, the delivery method changed from about 80% in-person, 20% online in 2019, to 40% in-person, 60% online in 2020. Usually we look at September as back to school and fall, but the kickoff to the 2020 school year was definitely different. A September report from the National Student Clearinghouse Research Center found that undergraduate enrollment in the U.S. was down 2.5% from last fall. 
And we followed some regulatory news from California that affected boot camps in the state. That's right. California's BPPE ruled that Lambda School could offer income share agreements, but they would now need to be called retail installment contracts. And the main difference is that California students' obligation to pay their ISAs would no longer automatically terminate after two years of payments. But by lifting that cap on the total time that a student makes payments, that doesn't make a huge difference to high-income students who reach that $30,000 cap within two years. But for low-income students, they could be making their payments for much, much longer. So, I mean, we always want to see more protections for students who are using an ISA, but we're kind of disappointed in this ruling because, I mean, this just doesn't seem to be that type of protection. And so, yeah, we'll see how this fares in 2021. California lawmakers also passed a new bill in September that makes it easier for the state to oversee nonprofit colleges that previously operated as for-profits. So we'll have to see how that also affects the coding boot camp world in California. Absolutely. And despite the pandemic, Chegg reported doing very well in 2020. It looks like their acquisition of Thinkful in 2019 was one of the reasons for Chegg's continued growth and profitability in the new year. Yay, I'm so glad to get to October because there was so much buzz about workforce development that month. Totally. We loved seeing all of the new workforce development grants, partnerships, and dollars out there for people to use. Um, But we also know that navigating government websites is not always easy. So here at Course Report, we rounded up all of the workforce development opportunities in each U.S. state to give you, our readers, some help in your upskilling or reskilling journey. And those workforce development partnerships are our trend alert number three for 2020, Liz. Absolutely. And the Washington Post did a deep dive into the risks and rewards of making a COVID career makeover and highlighted some excellent reskilling initiatives through boot camps like Tech Elevator, Tech Talent South, and WinCode. And that included WinCode's partnership with CareerSource Florida, which is a workforce development partnership um, where they cover tuition at the boot camp. A think piece in Ed Surge warned that a K-shaped economic recovery could deeply affect education and those who have access to it. But as Ed Surge points out, this K-shaped recovery isn't a foregone conclusion. It's a byproduct of policy and investment decisions. So investing in these vetted workforce development programs is a direct way to avoid that disparate recovery. Well, Jess, you were just talking about those policy decisions, and I feel like that push for policy could not come at a better time. Uh, November was a tense month as the U.S. voted in a historic presidential election with record voter turnout. And after Joe Biden was officially announced as the president-elect, Ed Surge examined what Trump's legacy on education would be. If you remember, Trump's administration focused on job skills rather than higher ed credentials. Um, Ed Surge also looked at what coding boot camps could expect under the incoming Biden administration. Yeah, and a couple of days ago, President-elect Biden announced his pick for education secretary, who is Miguel Cordona, a big proponent for public education. I mean, listen, there 
focus is obviously going to be very much on reopening schools safely and mostly K-12 and universities safely during COVID. So we aren't hearing a ton of talk about boot camps yet. Uh, We can only really speculate based on what his potential cabinet has said about vocational education and how the Obama administration approached boot camps. Overall, the Biden administration has expressed their support for apprenticeship programs, vocational training, and workforce development. On the Biden-Harris campaign website, they outline education priorities that promise investments in vocational training in minority-serving institutions, which fares well for boot camps. The San Diego Workforce Partnership, which runs the Workforce ISA Fund with UC San Diego, gave some insight into how ISAs could be impacted by today's upended labor market, um, where it's taking many, you know, boot camp graduates longer to find their first jobs with with salaries over forty thousand dollars. And that was a really interesting experiment. And I know a lot of uh, other workforce development agencies in other states are definitely looking at that experiment to see if they should replicate it in their own. And despite the economic downturn, the Education and Workforce Innovation Investment Trends Report showed that investments in online workforce development programs were booming in Q3 2020. And finally, you know, as we alluded to in January, the last big piece of news from November was that Tech Elevator was acquired by Stride, which was formerly K-12, for $23.5 million. Stride also owns Galvanize and Hack Reactor. And here we are in December. Um, Liz, are there any partnerships or major investments that we should let everyone know about? Yes. Well, first, Coding Dojo was named as a strategic partner by the Chilean government for its National Workforce Development Initiative. This will be a five-year program designed to address the technical skills gap in Chile. Coding Dojo was also chosen by Microsoft as a new Microsoft Azure training partner. So simply put, this means that Coding Dojo students could now be eligible to earn Microsoft Azure certification. And Tony Wan dug into ISAs for Ed Surge and the rise of ISAs in colleges, which is always an interesting, you know, topic to pay attention to because it kind of trickles down into boot camps. And New Camp announced a new financial model called Fair Student Agreements with Climb Credit. They say that they are wary of the unregulated world of ISAs, although, of course, Fair Student Agreements are also entirely unregulated. Um, Promeneo Tech has partnered with Climb Credit in order to offer financing options for students already attending coding bootcamp programs through one of Promeneo Tech's community college partners. Um, Promeneo Tech is currently partnered with 11 community colleges nationwide, and they say they're poised to triple that number in 2021. Cool. Well, this month we loved reading about the Philly Tech Sisters, a completely volunteer-based program that aims to diversify the tech scene in Philadelphia and beyond. Yeah, um, it was started in 2014 by women of color who were just learning to code. Philly Tech Sisters has expanded to offer free online classes and workshops that cover coding and design skills, as well as the soft skills and mentorship people will need in order to break into tech. So highly recommend checking them out if you're a Philly local looking to pivot into tech in 2021. 
The New York Times shared this stirring new research that up to 30 million American workers without four-year college degrees have the skills to move into new jobs that pay on average 70% more than their current ones. So what's holding them back from landing those better paying jobs? It's not having that four-year degree. Um, There's a new rallying cry for employers and recruiters to begin reconsidering how they evaluate job candidates, especially in light of this economic downturn that we're in right now. Those who are currently in lower paying positions can always upskill through workforce development or a tech skills boot camp. And along those lines, Coding Dojo spoke with Tech Republic about the spike in demand for developer training that they've seen. Richard Wang, who is the CEO of Coding Dojo, says that their monthly enrollments and applications hit all-time historic highs throughout this year. Delaware Business Now reports that Tech Impact's Tech Hire Delaware program launched the Delaware IT Technology Support Apprenticeship Program. Um, This new program was created in partnership with Delaware IT Industry Council and with funding supported by J.P. Morgan Chase. Amazing. Those uh, partnerships in Delaware are such a model for other states. Um, They do such cool stuff with J.P. Morgan Chase. Liz, did you hear of any new boot camps in the news this December? Absolutely. So DW reports that Axos Academy just graduated its first cohort of Palestinian software developers in the West Bank. Axos Academy aims to train 5,000 Palestinians in software development over the next five years. How about you, Jess? Did you hear of any new boot camps? Yeah, we also heard about a really cool new online boot camp called Vault Academy. It's specifically aimed at training people to become recruiters. So we're interested to see how that field grows throughout the next year. Yeah, it's definitely not like we're not going to add recruiting boot camps to course report anytime super soon, but we're always looking for how the boot camp model is being applied to other fields. And I think this is the first recruiting boot camp that we've seen. In 2020, we added 138 new schools to the course report directory, and eight of those were added in December. So Jess, do you want to tell us about those eight new schools in the course report listings? Definitely. So Pepperdine Bootcamps is a trilogy partnership bootcamp offering fintech and digital marketing courses. DevOps University offers online DevOps training. Um, We've added a SIGMO, which is a data science bootcamp based in Vienna, Austria. We also added Perpetual Education, which is a online web design bootcamp, as well as New Horizons Computer Learning Center South Florida, which is now offering a network security bootcamp in Florida. DevX School offers software development online bootcamps. Prod MBA has a really cool product management bootcamp um, there online as well. And then we added CoLab, um, which I was really excited about. CoLab is just a bootcamp space for designers, developers, and product managers, where teams of designers, developers, and product managers actually build a real product together in just six weeks' time. Um, it just sounds like a totally new way <laughs> to do a bootcamp. So check that yeah, out. Yeah, it almost sounds like... What was the school recurse center in New York in the early days? So Liz, can you sum up 2020 in just a few words? Sure. Okay. So I wrote down a few. Here are, this is how I would sum it up. One, swift transition to online learning. 
continued growth in enrollment despite COVID-19. Jess, do you have any to add? Yeah, I would like to add workforce development partnerships. Those were just huge in 2020. And fight for racial justice in tech. Um, I was really excited to see that movement pass through in 2020. And did anything huge happen from a regulatory perspective this year? Honestly, nothing huge. I mean, nothing at the federal level. And I think we would have been very surprised if there was um, at the state level, there was some cracking down. There was some regulation around ISAs and on individual boot camps like Holberton and Lambda School that came from states like California and Texas. But I think that was the most that we saw. And, you know, I mean, ISAs may be key to growth for some boot camps, but as we've said, so many times before, they are also the single easiest things for regulators to come after. So that's really what we saw in 2020 as far as regulation. And Liz, um, so what trends are we expecting to see in 2021 in the bootcamp space and the tech space as well? I mean, yeah, it seems insane to make predictions right now, but uh, I think we can see a few coming. Uh, So one, I think we'll see continued online learning. Maybe we'll see some hybrid classrooms. We're already seeing a couple of those crop up in states in the U.S. and around the world where um, some of those COVID-19 restrictions are, are being lifted. Because college students are having to kind of choose between these like $200,000 online university experiences or taking a gap year, I think we'll see more of those students, those younger students taking that gap year. And we may see the average age of a boot camper driven down in 2021. But I think overall, we'll continue to see huge growth in enrollments. We're already seeing so much demand for boot camps on our end at Course Report. And I kind of consider that a very loose function of demand for boot camps, you know, around the world. Um, So that's number one. We'll continue to see that online learning. And then number two, you know, cybersecurity data and machine learning and AI were so popular in 2020. They really grew as subjects on Course Report. And I think we'll continue to see those subjects rise in popularity in 2021. Number three, I do think we'll see some regulation around university boot camps, either external or hopefully an internal push to share transparent outcomes data, because I think that's so important to uphold the integrity of the boot camp space, especially when so many of these boot camps are now being run with universities. And of course, finally, you know, after January, we've got to predict some policy changes that will affect boot camps. I think the conventional wisdom around, you know, Democrats versus Republicans is that Democrats will crack down on for-profit education and Republicans kind of let it run wild. But I think there will be some really meaningful collaboration between government and boot camps that's already happening in those workforce development programs and the VA uh, and vet tech programs. And it's already happening during the Obama administration. So I really see that continuing, um, and I hope that it does. For now, though, that means it's more important than ever that boot camps really come together as an industry, for example, by reporting their outcomes under CIRR and by presenting this united front as a united uh, industry that is doing really important work and helping a lot of students change their careers. 
And if any of our predictions come true, you'll hear about them in exactly one year when we're back to wrap up 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks, Jess, for a great year. It's been really fun to read so much about boot camps over this last year and kind of wrap it all up and, and talk about it with you. And we appreciate you for listening all year, our listeners, and we'll see you in 2021. As always, we love feedback. So email us at hello at coursereport.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you found this podcast and subscribing to it and leaving us a review. And happy new year. We'll see you in 2021. Happy new year, everyone. <laughs>